0: If you were able to walk into a room confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here is the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Michaela Gaffin-Stone.
1: Welcome everyone to Navigating Complicated Relationships. I am so excited to introduce my guest this week. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him first, but rest assured, you have not heard what Alex has to say before because he has been creating some amazing stuff. And you're going to I'm not going to drop any hints. Up. You're just going to hear about it in a minute. So, Alex is going to tell you about how changing your thinking is a hugely effective way to solve big problems. So think about this. If you find yourself walking around on eggshells, you know, you're tiptoeing around, trying not to upset people, you're afraid of getting into disagreement. How does that feel? How, how effective is that in your life? You know, does it stop you from creating and doing things? I would say it does. Do you avoid expressing your opinions about topics that you care about, but you're afraid other people are gonna react with anger? I mean, there's a lot of cancel culture these days. You say the wrong thing, and man, it's like you never existed. I mean, what is that? So family discussions about important decisions or behaviors can, can spiral into a world of hurt and shouting matches, right? So in this episode, We are going to look at how to drain the tension out of those situations. Alex Weisenfels is going to explore some steps to reconcile conflict by building mutual understanding, respect, and trust. And that sounds really good to me. Alex, I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit and just tell people why you do what you do. How did you get there? What happened?
2: Uh, Thanks, Michaela. There wasn't really a formative moment. I was always possessed of the spirit that we can do better than this. And that actually made me a very difficult child. I was, I was very stubborn. And anytime somebody, uh, like especially an authority figure, parents, teachers, um, did something, and I didn't know why that was, or I thought that it it wasn't as good as it should be, then I would get angry and I would say, no, no, we should do it this way.
1: Wow. How was that received?
2: Uh, Not very well. So, (laughs) but the, I, I didn't, I didn't bow down though. I kind of, I had to learn how to do what I do in order to, to make it work to have healthy civil relationships because I, I didn't want to, to go along just to get along. And so I am grateful that, that my parents taught me how to, to actually see other people's points of view. And I learned how to systematize that so that other people can do that too.
1: So what I'm hearing is not so much a formative moment as a formative process. And Mm -hmm. any parents that are listening in, I would love for you to pay attention to this, because that kiddo that you have that's currently driving you nuts because they're so oppositional and and they're saying, no, but you're wrong, you know, and they're going through that whole phase of seriously, how did you get this far parent of mine? You know, they're, they're questioning you so much. There could be something very big brewing there, something really important that this child's here to do, and you are there to help them find that like alex found his so i'm actually very excited to hear that that was a process and the you, you had to learn how to translate what you knew into a way that other people could receive it basically would that be fair
2: mm-hmm, right exactly
1: that's so cool so you've got a toolbox that you've put together over the years mm-hmm. and what's What kind of things are in that? I mean, we'll get into more detail later, but just a sort of Mm -hmm. outline of what would you do if I said, you know, Alex, I really need your help. We've got this situation here where people are yelling at each other, nobody's listening, and it's important that we have a dialogue. What are we gonna do?
2: Uh, So first we would look at our own values. It's uh, it's a three-step process of reconciling values. And the first step is, what do we want? And there are some concepts that allow us to break that down into the simplest possible terms, because a lot of the time, what we want is less complicated and less specific than we think. And the smaller we can make that, the more room there is for common ground to build on.
1: I like it. So you, you start with your values and you kind of Get that in a more succinct package so you actually know what your values are and where you want to go with them. That's the mm-hmm. first step. And
2: after that? The next step is to understand other people's values. So we do the same thing, but we say, okay, we're getting pushback on these things that we want to do to fulfill our values. So let's let's reverse them and say, okay, we don't we don't want people to be doing this. Why would they want to do this? People are making these different trade-offs, like um, like whether they want to spend money on a certain project or not. And so we need to look at why are, why are people more comfortable doing the opposite of this particular trade-off? That's
1: interesting. So do you have a system for moving that person from where they are to your position? Do you move from your position to theirs? Or are you both kind of aiming to meet in the middle somewhere?
2: Not even the middle, because the, the thing is, so so we have understand our values, we have understand other people's values. And as we're understanding other people's values, as we're, we're guessing what they want, and then we're, we're asking them, is this what you want? And that shows good faith, because then they they know that they're being understood and taken seriously. They know that people are actually arriving at their reasoning and and we know why it's important.
1: OK, so there's this room in this. In fact, it sounds like it's a, it's a pretty big seat at the table for having that other person feel heard and seen right? And, mm-hmm. and having their views taken into account. So mm-hmm. how do you move from there to the next step? Because this is, mm-hmm. it's a new process, right? And, and Or it's new to me, let me put it mm-hmm. that way. And so many people, you know, you look at social media and what have you, so many people are just screaming at each other and nobody's listening. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I shout louder than you, I win. We're, we're kind of devolving in the public space and it's, it's unnerving to look at. So, How do you move from your values, their values, what does everybody want now, what do you do with that? (laughs) How do you move forward with that? Mm
2: -hmm. So that gets into the third step, which is frame the situation constructively. And there's actually another set of concepts that go into constructively dealing with the situation because the trade-offs are traps. They're not actually making the situation better. They're either sacrificing the short term for the long term or vice versa. And we can do better than that. I would actually like you to repeat that
1: last part again, because that mm-hmm. is significant. I think a lot of people are falling into those traps. So
2: just give me that one again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. the So the trade-offs are traps. They're either sacrificing the short term for the long term or vice versa. And we can do better than that. They're not and making the situation better.
1: Sac- we don't have to mm-hmm. sacrifice either. Is that right?
2: Right, exactly.
1: Oh, now, you know, a lot of people have a sort of zero sum game way of thinking where one of us wins and one of us loses. So, that whole concept of you don't actually have to trade off anything also sounds like nobody has to be a loser in this. Well, that's pretty eye opening. I, I mm-hmm. absolutely want to hear about that some more. So, mm-hmm. How did you develop that system, though? I mean, I know what prompted you to develop it. It was, you know, that and that again. I'd love for parents to pay attention to that child that's giving you a hard time. Is probably brewing something awesome. So, you know, hey, let's let's run with that for the idea. And
2: Alex, well, the doing? these concepts actually started out as a vanity project. I oh, um, tell me more. Well, I was. I already had a toolbox of skills, like how, how people can learn new skills for solving problems. And I started defining problems because I figured, well, I already have uh, concepts based on motivations, which were inspired by vices. And that that defines what sort of things people want out of life. And we can still be good people. We can help other people get what they want. It's just sooner or later, it all comes down to what do we want? And then I thought, what if I could do the same thing for the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse? Because it's just such a cool (laughs) theme. It's a
1: very cool theme. And tell me how that went. Wow.
2: It took a bit, but eventually I boiled that down to existential concepts that define problems the obstacles that stand in the way of what we want the the things that we all have to deal with in life and it's not something that we can get rid of because they're also aspects of reality they're they're the things that make conscious existence as we know it what it is but the point is not to get stuck on them and gradually I I expanded them into, well, here's how people try to use trade-offs to deal with these problems. And that can cause problems when they try to impose those trade-offs on other people who might choose a different trade-off. And then, so mm-hmm.
1: how do you get that message to someone in a way that they can receive it? Because typically mm-hmm. uh, any human being is in a space of, I have to be right, because if I'm wrong, i got to start questioning all the things about me. And we don't typically like to do that. So every now and then you'll come across someone such as yourself, who's able to say, well, you know, it was a vanity project. And, and that's fine. Somebody else is going to need to couch that in different terms. So it doesn't sound like a vanity project, right? So if you're coming up against that degree of barrier, where Well, I I don't want to say that my trade-off's not a good trade-off, and I don't want to go over there. How do you get to that place? You know, like, how do you chip your way in through that wall?
2: Hmm. Well, for that, I use the deconstruction method, which is much like the reconciliation method, except it's a bit flipped. Um, So first is make people comfortable which is part of the understanding their values. You make people comfortable by listening to them and demonstrating that you understand and respect their concerns.
1: So it's sort of active listening plus plus.
2: Mm -hmm. Right, (laughs) exactly. You make them feel safe. You say, Mm -hmm. I understand why you want to make these trade-offs in response to this problem, this, this liability that you're facing. I understand why you want to do that. And I don't want you to have to be afraid. I want to be able to put your fears to rest. So let's see what we can do to make that happen.
1: Okay. And do you find that that's always successful or is it we, we only have a little bit before we were at our first break, but I just want to explore that briefly. Is that typically successful for you or do you find occasionally there's, you have to reroute and, you know, it's not. Quite landing the way you intend it to
2: Um, it is almost always successful for demonstrating that i'm not an enemy it doesn't always convince people that i can understand or that that i can actually solve the problem but it at least establishes that respect because without respect we can't go anywhere that (laughs) that's
1: kind of a mic drop moment right there that's absolutely true right if you don't trust the person that you're talking with, and if you don't feel safe with them, and if you don't think that they're an authority in what they're saying, then it's awfully hard to move forward. I I have to agree with that. This is fascinating. And people who are listening, people who are listening later or watching us, however you're getting us, this was unexpected, right? But Alex is taking us pretty deep into some great stuff today. And frankly, I think the world needs it. I I know I'm happy to listen to this because it's a hot mess out there on social media with everybody yelling and screaming and nobody listening. So we're gonna see what we can do about that today. Don't go away, you're listening to Inspired Choices Network and this is Michaela Gaffin Stone. We are in the show, Navigating Complicated Relationships. Alex and I will be back in
0: just a minute. Don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Makayla Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Makayla Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Makayla Gaffin Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You know, as I was listening to that break, because I do actually still listen to them, I was thinking, you know, Alex would do really well having a podcast. So maybe you should think about that sometime. That you could have people calling in. Anyway, that was just a thought because that would be so cool, so much fun. So first of all, before we get back into the discussion, which I'm really enjoying, can you let people know how they can find you if they want to have a conversation with you, if they want to get your help with something. How how do people find you?
2: Well yeah, so I'm I have a workshop that I'm offering people and you can go to visionaryvocabularies.com vocabularies.com uh, with or without the WWW. And there is a landing page where you can schedule an appointment to see if you would like to take a workshop on these concepts. Or you can just shoot me an email and we can, we can just discuss any questions that you may have. And what's your email? Oh, so it, it is also on the website. Uh, it is alexjweissenfelsmail, that's M A I L, uh, at gmail.com.
1: Perfect. Okay. Because hopefully somebody's going to be listening to this and realize that you have exactly what they need for their tricky situation because, you know, institutions of all sorts of magnitude. Get bogged down in in these kind of difficulties, and you'll even have interdepartmental stuff, right? Like one department, this is what we want, and this is our trade off, and you guys want this, and and everybody's thinking that they're adversarial instead of well, if we work together, we could move forward, man. You know, like we could actually get something done. So I'm delighted that you have this system and you can help those people. That would be amazing. So. Without divulging anything confidential, can you tell us about a system, you know, somewhere where you've used this system in the past?
2: Well, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. so the, you might be surprised to hear that I've used it in internet arguments.
1: <laughs> okay, I would love to hear that, because
2: it actually works. So the, um, so in one case that um, that comes to mind immediately, um, there is a book that I very much liked about uh, a similar topic. Um, it's uh, it's called what's our problem by Tim urban. And it's about the, the political polarization and why it happens. And uh, some people were, were criticizing it and saying they didn't like it. And that confused me. And so I, I stepped into the discussion. This was on Reddit and um uh, and after, after a false start, because I, I am not perfect with, with applying the method right away, but I realized, oh, I should, be, I should be using this. And so I figured out what are people concerned about? And uh, in this case, they're concerned about one of the slipperier problems that people face. And that is the problem of people's opinions shifting they're concerned about what happens when people get stuck in a particular way of thinking and they don't they don't want to it's a censorship thing more or less people people are concerned about what ideas are given space and i can understand that and so i figured out how to express their concern in a way that made sense to me and made sense to them, because that's how we define the problem in a way that we can work together to solve. And they, they acknowledged that. They, they thought that it was a good way to describe the problem. And so they, we established that mutual respect there. Actually, I love that
1: because it's, you're both getting on the same page, agreeing that that's the page, agreeing that that's what's on the page. And then you can at least come forward from the same space. And that I think is underestimated or it's it's perhaps not understood. I don't know about underestimated because so many times arguments are, from, from what I've seen, arguments are emotional over this side, reasonable over this side, and they miss completely because they're not arguing about the same thing. So again, everybody's yelling, but nobody's on the same page, they're not even having the same discussion. It's, (laughs) you know, it's missing completely. And I see this all the time. So it sounds like this system could be sort of put in place somehow for people to be able to meet somewhere, so that they're actually having the same kind of argument. That would be helpful, I think, particularly in politics. So now that I mentioned the P word, um, <laughs> how, how how good is this for politics? And how has using it? I'm giving you two questions, so you're going to ha- have to hang on to this. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: how has it affected your view of politics? Has it affected your view of politics by using it? Has. It has. Okay, go for it. Uh, Tell me.
2: So I'll start with the second question first, then, um, because for politics, I've I've seen both sides of many issues. Um, my classical example is, um, capitalism versus communism, the, the age old debate. Um, it's easy for me to see the, the reasons why people choose both sides. Um, but then people, people keep fighting over these these issues, and they keep trying to impose the trade-offs on each other. People on the capitalist side choose to impose trade-offs because they prefer these benefits and they fear these drawbacks. And people on the communist side are the reverse. They they fear the capitalist drawbacks more, and they prefer the benefits of the communism or socialism, whichever. I know they're different, but um, similar principles. And that keeps going on, and it's it's not because – how would I put this? There's there's a trick to this, and it's because meeting in the middle is not the solution. There isn't a, a magic balance between two trade-offs because they're still both traps. They don't build anything, which is why we need those constructive principles so that people know that there is a way out. There There isn't – There isn't some kind of eternal deadlock that we're doomed to, uh, because people are never going to to listen to each other if they think that they will then respect and understand each other. But they're still going to have to fight each other. That that would just be terrible. That would be worse than before. (laughs) Right.
1: I'm actually going to listen to this podcast again myself, because I'm loving a whole lot of what you're coming up with here. This is so cool because mm-hmm. we, we typically talk about balance middle points. You know, I started off, you know, full dis- full disclosure, full, full agreement. I started off with, do we meet in the middle? And there is no middle and it's not the ideal ground. It's like no man's land. And I love that you pointed that out. Thank you. Because, you know, I'm one of those people who says there's no such thing as work-life balance. You can look for harmony where things kind of flow, but there is no balance. You, you, you can't do that. It just doesn't work. So sometimes we get a hold of a concept and run with it. And, and if you actually stop and look at it, it's like, yeah, but that doesn't actually make sense. So the communism versus capitalism argument is all about who's going to win their points, whose trade-offs are better than the other person's trade-offs. And you're saying, yes, but neither of you are. And that's just awesome because it changes the whole landscape, right? It's no longer about whose trade-off is what. And as we brought up the subject of communism and capitalism, I, I just want to insert my little bit here, which is, Communism is fantastic. It is absolutely, it's a superb system on paper. It looks amazing on paper. But when you apply it to human beings, we don't do what's in the paper. So it doesn't work that way because people don't work that way. It's an idealized sort of middle ground. Capitalism's pretty much the same from my viewpoint, actually, that it looks like a good, productive growing system but the only place i've seen where that works really well is singapore and the reason it works well in singapore is because back in the day lee kuan yu said to the people you can have freedom or you can have money which do you want and they voted money and he said okay and now you have singapore the way it is right i lived there for a while it's an amazing place loved it loved it loved it but it is a very special way of using that system and there was a trade-off but people accepted it so how would you suggest people learn about what you're doing and apply it in their lives can that can you use it in your everyday life or is it gonna sort of wear your brain out like how how usable is it how user-friendly is it
2: well you can absolutely use it in your life it's um Going back real quick, it's actually easier in politics, I'll admit, because politics is about the the ideologies for what works for society. In people's personal lives, you have personal motivations, and those can be a bit uh, stickier. But a lot of these constructive concepts allow you to expand what you would be willing to accept or expand your concept of what you what you enjoy um so for example people get fixated on particular outcomes um people people want uh, a a house in a particular place or they want a particular kind of romantic partner or they want a particular career and the By breaking these down into the simple concepts, people can define what it is they actually want by working backwards from what they believe those very specific things will give them. And when we define what we want in terms of things like uh, what, what we want to contribute to society for a career or what sort of everyday life we want to have for a house... Or what um, what mindsets we want to to have, what mindsets we want to use to be useful to someone, and what mindsets we want help with for a romantic partner. Then that means that we can we can expand our search, and we don't have to to fight tooth and nail for a particular outcome.
1: Interesting, and I suspect that the outcome sometimes. Often, perhaps, will turn out to be not your own outcome, but the one that you thought you wanted because everybody else told you you did. And that's something, you know, in previous podcast episodes, I go into that whole thing of the stories that you get Mm -hmm. told when you're a kid. And there are certain cultures, I'm not going to mention India here at all, but there there are certain cultures where you're either a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or a failure, right? It's that those are your options. And this is because the parents genuinely believe that you have to do this, or you just, you know, you're not making it anywhere in the world. And that child may grow up with that pressure and think, I need this outcome. I want this outcome and they fight for it. And they didn't actually want that outcome. And now you have a really miserable artist who's building, you know, bridges or something. So it's, it's interesting how we do that to ourselves and don't even know. So we're already at the next break. This is going so fast, and I I could keep this going for a couple of hours. Like This this is a very cool conversation, Alex. Thank you. Um, We will be back in just a moment. So people listening, please stay around. This is getting so cool, so deep. Love it. You're listening to the Inspired Choices Network, and this is Navigating Complicated Relationships. I am your host, Michaela Stone, and I'll be back with Alex in just a minute. Do not go away. Do not touch that dial button or whatever it is. Do not swipe left.
0: (laughs) What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Makayla Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Makayla Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Makayla Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad you're still here. And mickeyatgaffinstone.com is M-I-K-K-I. I am not a mouse. So if you want to email me, that would be wonderful. I love to get emails with questions, um, ideas for future podcasts, anything that's coming up for you. And there should be a whole lot coming up for you today because I'm sitting here with but what about this and what about that? And I want to look, run in all kinds of directions. So there is one that I, I wrote down as you were talking, Alex, and I'd love to get your take on this. There's so many divorces these days, something like 65% of marriages end in divorce. It's it's really high. So, and and you know, the optimism is that people keep getting married. She says, I'm on I'm marriage number two. So, you know, optimist here. Um, But the question is, how would this system work during a divorce, um, should we say, discussion? You know, when when the lawyers are slugging it out basically and, and things are difficult because both sides have a whole lot of story in a divorce. And then typically you'll also have the extraneous others, right, that's the people around the couple who've taken it upon themselves to take sides. There is no need for this, but people do it. So, how could this system be sort of inserted into that situation to help people navigate in a civil way? Because, you know, when there are kids involved, particularly, slugging it out is not pretty and it's very traumatic for everybody involved. So, this sounds to me like it could be an incredible application. What do you think?
2: Mm, I think so. The, I was a bit confused for a second because I wasn't sure if you meant preventing divorce in the first place or navigating the process no, or but, both. Uh, just to clarify, typically
1: if, if you're in the place where you're looking at getting divorced, you've already decided mm. you're doing that. Oh. Now it's all about justifying it. Mm. Right. Both sides. It's their fault they did this. It's their fault because you know it doesn't need to be anybody's fault as far as mm. I would say, but this is typically what society does. And then everybody jumps in and says, you know, it's their fault. And, the, and there's a lot of pointing and stuff and, it, and it's wildly unhelpful. So could this get in, into those divorce proceedings just so they can be civil, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the only contract we have in life where people get upset when you say, okay, the contract's come to a conclusion. Anything else you can change. And this one thing we still have a, a holdover on. So maybe what you have, this system, could actually break that up into sort of sensible, manageable chunks. So we don't have to mm-hmm. slick it out all the time.
2: Mm, absolutely. It, it does depend in part on why people are getting divorced. But no matter the reason, people can still start with, what do I want? What do I value? What am I trying to protect? What am I afraid of? And breaking that down into the, the problems that people face and then the things that we want out of life and and just sitting with that for a bit. Because when you do that, when you express what matters most as simply as possible, you get you get all that room for outcomes that are that are good that you like that aren't exactly what you had in mind to begin with right okay so this
1: this system could actually be taught to lawyers for example so that they could bring it in mediators very definitely so that mm-hmm. they could use that as well is this something that you would be able to train mediators in
2: oh absolutely
1: cool mhm
2: So that would be somebody
1: who should be looking at your workshop, huh? Mm, Definitely. Okay. I like it. So if there's any mediators listening in or people who know mediators who could do with a little, you know, uplift in their game, then uh, Alex is probably the person you need to be talking to. And he can explain how this system can work for you. Because it just struck me that the whole divorce thing and then, negotiating on a hot topic right because this is one area where generally speaking both sides are coming from an emotional place and it can get very twisted as to whose whose outcome needs to win etc cetera, etc cetera. and it does become a win-lose thing it's it's all about winning and losing and if that narrative could change I think it, it's not that it would make divorce easier because it's there's a whole process to arriving at that decision, and that's not an easy process. But just facilitating the whole system would be amazing. So I, I think that's a, a big place for you to explore with people. It's very necessary. So if you had to pick one thing out and say, well, this is important because X, you know this whole system is important because X. What would you say that was?
2: Hmm, one concept or a set of concepts, whichever you like. Your answer. Hmm, I would say the the constructive principles, uh, the answers to the the trade offs. Okay. The reason that they're important is because people lose sight of them in in divorce or in politics. People are trying to find that that magical. "Quote unquote objective balance," but the balance is different for everyone. And so through this, there's some sort of myth about uh, democracy where you get a bunch of people voting, and and they're playing tug of war. You you have people voting for one option, people voting for another option, and through all those votes, you find the best solution. But it isn't the work is done before anyone votes. We have to have those solutions on the table to begin with because if we don't, nobody's going to vote for them. So people end up playing the tug of war and they tear things apart without the constructive principles.
1: Right, that's awesome. I love that. So my mind immediately goes to the current political situation in the US I know that other countries also have a whole heap going on, but this one is, you know, it is a demonstration at the moment in how not to move forward politically, I would say, because you have things that have been hammered out and agreed upon, but then somebody has like a bit of a childish fit and says, well, I'm going to stomp my foot and say, no, you can't have that. Not because it's the the thing you've worked on is wrong, but because you worked on it. Now, how on earth do we get past that? Because we desperately need to. So can your system do something with that? Because it's coming from a very emotionally immature place, as far as I can tell. Would that be fair? Is it?
2: Yeah, what we need is the constructive principles, because people, people are backed into a corner, and a cornered human will fight, and the, the business model of politicians right now is get people to corner each other, and they will pay you to protect mm-hmm. them from each other. Oh,
1: just say that one more mm-hmm. again for the people in the back.
2: <laughs> A cornered human will fight, and politicians get people to corner each other and pay the politician to protect them from each other.
1: Okay. I think, you know what? I think that's a mic drop and we'll just, (laughs) we're we're done. Actually, no, we're not. Don't go away people. But that's, that is so, so important. And boy, I wish people got that concept because that's exactly, yes, I see this as well, where it's just distract people by getting them to fight each other and we can do what we want to do. Wow. This is really potent stuff. I am so thrilled to be having this conversation with you today. Would you tell people again where they can find you just in case they weren't listening in the beginning or they didn't write it down? Get your pens out. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So you can reach me at visionaryvocabularies.com. Uh, I've got uh, a couple of buttons where you can you can arrange a calendar meeting with me uh, on Calendly, or you can also email me with any questions at uh, Alex J. mail that's mail, at gmail.com.
1: Awesome. I am absolutely thrilled. So what did you envisage doing with this when you first started it? I mean, not, not when you were just navigating having your parents listen to you and not get mad at you, but be, beyond that, when you sort of you've done your vanity project thing maybe, and then you were looking at, okay, so in the real world, this would, you know, what pulled you, what, what really attracted you with your system?
2: Well, I started putting together the toolbox to to improve the education system because people need to build the world. So we need the skills that will allow us to do that.
1: Oh, man, does the education system ever need help? It is, mm-hmm. you know, it was designed for the industrial revolution to churn people out for factories. And we are not on that planet now. This is not where we are. So... Now, now you're getting me really excited here.
2: Mm-hmm. How can we get this into the education system? Well, let's see. The So this this most recent set, describing the problems and the trade-offs and the constructive principles, this is actually, it's most recent, but it's also, I think, the most impactful uh, Im- immediately. it's It has the, the greatest immediate good impact uh, compared to the rest of the concepts. And then we can we can build on those because the rest of the concepts involve developing the skills to explore design and implement these constructive solutions
1: so would you put this into teacher training college would you start it there or would you go into the schools that are up and running now would you do both like how would you approach this
2: mm. a lot of the the subjects that already exist those are still good people need to know about the world but things like for example history right now we learn history as a series of facts but we don't really learn the the processes and the principles that that actually that caused those to happen we don't know why people did something Hmm. Um, It depends on the school you go to, it depends on the teacher you have, but it would be good to to introduce the concepts as we are introducing the facts that are calibrating our understanding of those concepts.
1: Sounds like teacher training college to me. That sounds like Mm -hmm. a good place for it. My youngest son is actually in teacher training college right now, and his subject, funnily enough, is history. He loves teaching history. And he recently had um, an exercise in his classroom where he got a group of kids to write social media posts for the Calvinist reformation and social media posts for, you know, he got them doing different things that was current from then. And um, I, I better not get into too much of what they came up with, but they were innovative. It was really good stuff and a very interesting take on history. And we are this. Is, this is driving me crazy. We're at a break again already, and we're going to run out of time. And I'm going to have to get you back again, I think. So don't go away. We are still having this amazing conversation. I'm loving it. Alex looks like he's having a good time. So don't go away. You are listening to Navigating Complicated Relationships, and I'm your host, Michaela Gaffinstone. Alex and I will see you in a minute.
0: What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Makayla Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Makayla Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mikhaila Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Navigating Complicated Relationships, and I'm your host, Mikhaila Gaffin-Stone. And I have the most amazing guest this week. Alex Weisenfels is just knocking this out of the park. I am so excited for having his system in so many places right now. It's just like, I'd like to send you, we need to clone you, Alex. We need to clone you. That's the thing. So if you could set up a training program to train people in how to do this, that would be amazing. And I I think it's necessary. So before we get back into that, I just want to mention next week's show is Beyond Weight Loss Diets. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it's all about the psychology. And you know, I'm here for behavior psychology. So you can bet that 90% of it is behavior psychology. Tune in for next week and you'll find out what is it that's going on beyond weight loss diets. Now, Alex, there's lots, trust me. Alex, t- tell us what you really want us to know from today. Like, I mean, there's so many gems dropping, I'm just like trying to pick them all up. So pick, pick something that if you could only tell a person one thing about this, you'd tell them that, what is
2: it? Mm. Well, the constructive principles are more than balance. We, we went over this before. That's okay, the- not
1: everybody heard you. <laughs>
2: So when people are looking for solutions, they usually look for something between the extremes. And that leaves out so much possibility for the future. Because it's um, it's like the, the story of the stone soup. Um, for anyone who's not familiar, uh, this, this traveler goes to uh, a town where there's a famine, and he's starving. And uh, nobody's going to give him any of their food. So he decides to make soup from a stone and he he pretends it's delicious, but it needs a bit of uh, a bit of extra food, Uh, just uh, just a little seasoning. So people start putting some of their food into the pot to make it taste better. And the the moral of the story is that when, when they all enjoy the soup, they can get more of what they want when they work together instead of only sticking to to keeping what they're familiar with. And that's how the constructive principles work most of the time is when people put in a little bit of extra effort together and they figure out a good plan, then they can get more of what they want than if they had gotten everything that they had asked for.
1: Oh man. Okay. So people who are listening to this, just rewind, you know, like rewind, get your cassette tape and your pencil. Anyway, (laughs) go back, skip back to that little bit because there is gold coming out today. And this is so important to know. I love it. Wow. There's there's so many places to put what you're doing, but I'm going to ask another question that's a little bit left field here. Have you studied... Adler's psychology
2: um the name sounds familiar but I think I'm remembering it from Sherlock Holmes
1: so (laughs) Sherlock okay so I've recently been diving into this you see and and Adler is all about it's not what you've got it's what you do with it that's Mm. that's basically his viewpoint I think you might love to learn about that not because you're, you're missing something, but because it's so cool. I've only just discovered it myself and I have four degrees and they're in psychology for crying out loud. And nobody told me about Adler. I'm, I'm a little miffed about this. I'm, I missed the point, but anyway, that's just something I wanted to throw at you because I think you'd really enjoy that perspective. And it's a very discourse presented um, topic. He didn't write his stuff down. He left that for other people just like Socrates did. So That's very cool. So do you have a system already that you can sort of
2: teach people, train people in? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, absolutely. So that is the workshop that I'm offering is we we talked about the the reconciliation method with the uh, understand one's own values, understand others values and frame the situation constructively. Well. That's, that's all well and good, but it can be tough for people. And so that's why I have these concepts to break down into the, the most basic fundamental terms, values, and the constructive principles that we, can, that we can implement in order to achieve better outcomes, win-win outcomes.
1: I love this. So for the people listening, if you know somebody that needs what Alex has been talking about, and I'm pretty sure you do. Can you please let us know so that Alex can contact them or they can contact him? Because this is something that we desperately need right now. And I tend to believe that when there is a problem, the solution will present itself. When there's an issue, something will come up to help solve it. That's Alex. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to put that mantle onto your shoulders for you to carry because I think you have such an incredible system here. And I'm excited for you to train people in this so that they can use it too. schools. But so, you know, just to do a quick recap, we've looked at politics, we've looked at divorce lawyers and mediators and how they could use it. Um, there's so many different areas. Schools, I think is a huge one though, because they, the teachers need help. You know, they're, they're really put upon to present Education to kids in a way that they can receive, but they're also being hamstrung by politics and money and all kinds of things. And in the US, the system is that the teachers buy a lot of the materials. I I've lived in eight countries and I've never seen this before. It blows my mind that you have to buy your own tools and then get paid very little and then get restricted from what you're doing. So the System that you have, I wow, you know, if you could put it in any one of those places, that would be amazing. But the schools urgently need that help, I would say. So tell people because we're, we're almost out of time, this is wild. But can you tell people just one more time where they find you and why they need to come talk to you?
2: Oh, yeah, so you can find me at visionary vocabularies.com. You can book an appointment or you can email me. Uh, email is at alexjweissenfail.com. Alex J. Mail. that's M-A-I-L at gmail.com. That's also in a a button on the landing page there. And uh, you should reach out if you want to be taken seriously about something that you think is important. Or if you have a, a conflict and you need someone to understand why what you care about matters, then feel free to reach out.
1: Oh, it sounds like somebody working in human resources might appreciate what you can do for them as well, because that's a job that involves managing people, which is a lot like herding cats quite often. It's not an easy thing to do, right? So maybe if you're in HR, this might be something that Alex can help with as well. So I think this is just incredibly exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And will you keep us up to date with like how things are going where where your system is in place and how people can go see it in action that you know it's possible school systems maybe anybody who's got a teacher training college thing happening maybe some of the students could suggest what you're doing to their faculty that might be very cool as well so Alex, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Holy smokes, this has been really incredible. We've gone from politics, divorce, schools, people, internet, all the things. Wow. I really appreciate your time today and what an amazing discussion. I'm going to go listen to it again pretty soon. (laughs) That was so cool. Thank you. And everybody listening, I will see
0: you next week on Navigating Complicated Relationships. Thank you for listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationships show. Makayla returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey, and with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.